Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me just one moment will be my friend, co-host, colleague, NHL betting expert, Nick Martin. And Nick, we got a fun slate on Tuesday, over 10 games and a couple big underdogs. And we always like to start our show with our favorite underdog bet. I'm going to go first because I haven't got to do this in a while, but I like the Islanders. My New York Islanders, they're plus 185 against the Boston Bruins, who are minus 215. The over-under is six. The Bruins, as you know, if you're listening to the show, are off and running through the first third of the season. Best team in the NHL. They won their first 14 games at home before the Golden Knights got them in a shootout. I actually think that the Islanders, the price is just too big here. This is a team that when they're a big favorite, you want to run away from them. But when they're a big underdog, you want to play on them because for one, they got the Best goalie in the league in Ilya Sorokin. I think you can maybe say it's between him and Connor Hellebuck right now, but that automatically raises their floor and they're deep. They are a deep team. So I just I just think the price is too much. The Islanders are profitable as an underdog. They are not profitable as a favorite in the NHL this season. So at plus 185, I think it's worth it, even without Adam Pellick in the lineup. Yeah, I like it. I'd be playing the Isles or nothing. I'll be with you in spirit, hoping that the Bruins slow down for a number of reasons personally. And I do think they have started to play just closer closer games. They're obviously still playing really well. But like you said, at this kind of a number, you need to be confident a team is going to dominate. Yeah, and, and I think that we could, you know, the Bruins just, they haven't gone through any of those like shooting lulls that we see from them uh, over their, this iteration of the Bruins, the Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, McAvoy Bruins, where uh, they, like they just stopped scoring. They stopped shooting the lights out. So maybe that starts now. So yeah, I think it's just, it's a number play. I think the Islanders plus one five, they should get Anthony Beauvillier and maybe even Kyle Palmieri back in the lineup. And they are, like I said, they're deep and they got the goaltending. So Isles, baby, plus one eighty five. Uh, and the other underdog, we'll look at the Kings and Sabres. It's pretty close to a pick em. The over under six and a half, but you have something for us here. Yeah, I like the Sabres. They've been playing really well. We took a tough loss with them on uh, Friday versus Pittsburgh. And the next night didn't go as well. <laughs> I still really like where their game is at. Samuelson's made a huge difference stabilizing the Dalian pairing. They're playing really well. The Kings, they're getting shaky goaltending every night. It is an absolute grind for them right now. I know Buffalo are kind of in that boat as well. But at home, I think this is just underrating the Sabres. I want to catch them when they get this win. They could have got one versus Pittsburgh. I also see some value with the over. And then the other note I'll touch on, Casey Middlestat, he drew in. Uh, Jeff Skinner is going to sit 
obviously for this game with his suspension. Casey Middlestack got the spot on that top line alongside Tuck and Thompson and on the power play, which obviously makes him really interesting in prop markets and DFS. So that's something I'll be watching here as well. And especially really the way lines work. I know our, our writer Chase McCallum did a really good dive on this, that it takes two to drive a line in general. So Middlestack coming on with that, it doesn't matter that he's not that great of a player. He's still so likely to dominate with Tuck and Thompson on the ice versus the Kings. So I think he's a really interesting prop target there as well. All right. So Islanders plus 185, the Sabres, they're just below a pick them like minus 108, minus 105 area. With that, let's talk about the big board here for Tuesday night. That will be December the 13th. We'll start in the six. We'll start in Toronto. The Anaheim Ducks are plus 320. I guess the Leafs minus 390, the over under six and a half. I think you're going to hear a lot of this talk before this game, like, oh, this would be the game, the type of game the Leafs would lose. You know, they're red hot and, you know, they always find a way to lose these kind of games. Not just because of that narrative. I just think that this number is going to get too big to not play. I know the the Leafs are are firing on all cylinders. They're doing it with a banged up decor and the goaltenders have been fantastic. But there is something to be said about a team raising its level when it comes to play in Toronto. A lot of guys are from there on every team, basically, or in the area, grew up as Leafs fans, all that stuff. So I think there is a little bit to that narrative. Like, you hear the Leafs players a lot of times, like, when when they lose a game, they'll talk about how you, everyone gets up for us. And I think that's true. So, But all in all, it's just, it's just going to be a number thing. I think that we're going to see this number really, really inflate, uh, especially with the Ducks on a back-to-back. So... Uh, it's going to be a, a bit, a bad one, but uh, I'll probably be on the ducks. We'll see how high this thing goes. Yeah, I'll, I can definitely see it. I wouldn't play the Leafs here. The one thing I'll comment on when people talk about like that narrative, of there's so many losable games for the Leafs. And every time this happens, they're like games you can't lose. They talk about how they sh- they're never, they're going to blow the game to the Sharks. They're going to blow this and that. That's like every fourth game now that they're at home is like minus 300. Yep. So like, I agree, but I think it's one of those confirmation bias things where when it happens, everyone's like, oh, they lost another one. It's like, well, they're they're like that every, you know, for so many. I'll be looking at Leafs props in this game, I think would be my favorite way, way to attack the Leafs. If you're going to get involved, obviously they're going to go out of their way to try to keep Marner's streak alive, which I think is something worth considering. I won't be on the Leafs to win, that's for sure. And I, I don't think I'll be on their puck line either. I think it's probably targeting your favorite Leafs props or going with the Ducks to shock them in this spot. The Seattle Kraken, plus 160 in Tampa Bay, minus 195, over under six and a half. Seattle picked up Eli Tolvanen from Nashville on waivers to make their deep forward group even a little deeper. We'll see if uh, he can find his game. He's got a great shot, but just hasn't really put it together for Nashville yet. I uh, you, you talked kind of about props. i got no play on the game here. I think that until the Kraken goaltending stabilizes, they need to be a little bit bigger in, in this kind of game. But one thing I would consider, and this this applies to your man Ovechkin as well, who's three goals from 800. I think Stamkos is four from 500. And you just kind of alluded to it with Marner, right? Like the hockey's like, quote unquote, the cliche is this is the ultimate team sport. These guys know when someone like Steven Stamkos, the team captain, Alex Ovechkin, the team captain is approaching a, a milestone. So Stamkos like props are, goals or to score twice or to score a hat trick or something last goal score can be sneaky too last goal score right right because you're talking about empty netters and stuff that's how i would play this one yeah i like that and i was pleased that the kraken bounced back with a win on sunday i honestly did not think it was gonna happen i feel like i'm 
starting to look to fade them, even though we love them on this podcast. I'm pumped watching them succeed and hang around in the playoff picture. But yeah, it's just going to be so hard to win with the kind of goaltending they're getting right now. I'm kind of going to stay away or or just or see how their games go mode for a little bit here for sure. Uh, speaking of how games have gone, the Columbus Blue Jackets are off the rails. They're plus 250 in Florida. The Panthers minus 320, the over-under six and a half, and probably going to hit seven by the time you listen to the show. Columbus and Florida over the past two seasons, that's last season and, and this one that's ongoing, are one and two when it comes to teams that have been kind to over-betters. And Columbus is looking like it's just going to continue on that trend here. I mean, you touched on it last week that you know it feels square to do, but how can you not just play I it have, over here? I, I don't I was really surprised this opened at six and a half. I think it definitely gets to seven. And as long as you're getting the six and a half number, this is just a blanket. Throw the money down, live with it. There were so many games last year in Florida where I just couldn't believe the prices where they were and just going back to the well over and over. And I know that they're not exactly the exact same team, but I, there's so much personnel on each side that just this should be a high-scoring game. So many other games are going to be high-scoring moving forward. And I like that Columbus, for whatever reasons, has happened to have a few more low-scoring games lately. I think that's yeah. part of what kept the number where it was at opening. Florida as well. But I still just think, on average, when these teams play each other, it's so much likely, so much more likely it's going to be something like just 5-3 Florida than a low-scoring shootout. The chances one team doesn't blow up with a good offensive performance seem pretty low. I'm actually kind of, kind of interested in Columbus from a betting perspective as a bet on team. It seems like they're just going to live with it, right? Like they're not going to try to play like a structured game anymore, or like, like force, force a structured game. I should say um, they, they know they're out of the playoff picture. It's, it's a lot more fun to come to the rink and just be like, all right, you know, let's play seven, five games rather than let's try to strangle out a three, one victory here, boys. Like, no, thanks. And that makes them dangerous as an underdog because of the scores they have. Of course, they don't have the goaltending. They don't have the defense. But when the goalies do show up, if they do get one more save than a team like Florida, who doesn't have great goaltending either, they become pretty dangerous. And I also think that they're dangerous from a live betting perspective. We've seen a ton of multi-goal comebacks in the NHL this season, especially late in games. And it's not just like the favorite finding its way back into a game, right? Like the game is already more open. Than it's than it's ever been scoring up across the board, so that that already leads to more variance. And when a team like Columbus, if they go down two nothing, like let's just use this game for example, Florida storms out of the games and goes up two nothing, and and Columbus is like a, finds a way to weather that and and get to the first period only down two. They just they have the horses to get back in, like Patrick Line and Goudreau, even Kent Johnson, like there's enough offensive talent on this team, and and they'll be a huge number because they were a big favorite. I think when when people talk about live betting the NHL, like think there's a little bit of a cliche out there that once if 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 a big favorite goes down two nothing, just to live bet them blindly. And I would actually look at it the other way because if if Columbus goes down two nothing, like the number's just going to be huge. So just a thing to watch for for the Jackets. I actually think that for a team that I didn't want any part of for a while, they're going to start. I'm going to start putting them in my pocket a little bit more. And also just just a note too that while underdogs right now generally in the nhl so any plus money team are not profitable for the season right now plus 200 or longer underdogs are and it's by a pretty considerable margin in fact if the season ended today it would be the second most profitable season in our database which goes back to 2005 06 for for underdogs plus 200 or more and that's coming off two 
seasons last year and the the shortened year before that, which were number one and two in terms of them being the least profitable in that spot. So the Jackets, I think I'm kind of talking myself into a bet on Columbus here. Yeah. And to comment on the comeback thing, like I don't even think about who the teams are. I just watch and try to think like, is this team going in a defensive shell? Because it happens so much. It's literally just in the nature. All these players have grown up with it. So many teams stop playing. They just chip pucks out. They never try to possess it. The better teams try to fight against that, but you can clearly see when it's happening where it just becomes one team's pouring it on. And now the goal scoring's up so much, what, for whatever reasons those all are, if you're just going to sit in a defensive shell for 15 minutes in the third period, two goals can go away pretty quick, which is where I just try to watch if I feel like a team's settling for that rhythm, which prices are available, and just see. Because sometimes it's it's really clear. like They're used to to setting the prices longer. So, yeah. Yeah, the bookmakers just like the algorithms just can't catch up to the fact that, the, that you know, what's going on in the NHL this season. All right, let's talk about the Dallas Stars and New Jersey Devils next. They're both on the second leg of a back-to-back. Dallas is in Pittsburgh Monday night. Jake Ottinger starting for them. It looks like Vitek Vanacek will start for the Devils against the Rangers. So we could see Akira Schmidt, the 21-year-old Swiss who was off to a great start this season after just a terrible run in his rookie year. The over-under six and a half here. I don't have anything here. I think that the Stars, uh, I mean, I would be much closer to Dallas than, than New Jersey. Let's see what happens on Monday night. But I think the Devils are still putting up like decent underlying metrics, better than decent. They're like 55, 57%. For the first you know 20 games of the season, they were like 60% expected goals. So it's not that they're they're like trending down because when you say that, you know, it means... It's got a much more negative connotation. Like they lost in regulation to the Islanders. I thought the Islanders were the better team in that game, but it's not like this team is like going to fall apart. It doesn't look, there's no signs like that. That said, Dallas is still a dangerous team and one that I'm always interested in as an underdog. So it would be stars or nothing for me, but I don't think it's long enough. Yeah. I just want to see how tonight's games with these, we know the devils are legitimately good, but. I think I'd like to see if they how they look tonight versus New York. And that's another thing to consider, obviously, for them. it's could potentially be a letdown spot, I think, depending on yeah. how this game goes. Obviously, all the attention is going to the Rangers spot tonight. They've got Vanacek in that one. So I think it's a little hard to comment on this game. And, and yeah, just no play for me here. Yeah, follow us in the app at the Action Network app to see if we come in on it. I do think like it's pretty likely I'd be on Dallas. Carolina minus 140 on the road in Detroit, plus 120, the over under six. We kind of alluded to this last week that the Canes are definitely a bet on team. I think even at this price, they look pretty interesting. It's a Wings team that we're playing better. But when you look five on five, you just know which direction the ice is going to be tilted here. So I'm going to back Carolina as long as it's minus 140 uh, and holes here. Anything longer or shorter than that, it's a little too skinny. So yeah, Carolina, nothing. Yeah, I kind of like the under in this spot. And then I I definitely like Carolina, specifically if Ajo is going to play. Their scoring has been pretty top-heavy this year. And he obviously is one of their most capable, crucial pieces. So if the price holds and you get some confirmation that Ajo might go, I think it's a, a strong play. And if not, it's kind of just a lean Carolina for me at this number. The Vegas Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets over under six here. The game is almost a pick em. Knights a short Underdog on the road, minus 105. Rick Bonus's Jets, minus 115. Don't have a play here on the game, but I will say that Rick Bonus is 28-1 to to win the Jack Adams, and he's starting to get a lot of kind of media fluff attention. He, he 
we we said it a lot. He's not the right coach for like 30 teams in the NHL, but he might be the perfect coach for this team. And that's starting to look like it's correct. The the Jets have played really well. They're they're getting great goaltending, of course, which helps. Their top guys are going. I just think that bonus if the Jets somehow are able to sneak away with the central division, which is not out of the question with Colorado's injuries, clusters, and uh, just it looks like they're kind of in pace themselves mode to just get through the regular season, get into the playoffs as healthy as possible. I think if Winnipeg wins the division, bonus will be a serious, serious candidate. And you're not going to get 28 to one on Winnipeg to win the division. It's going to be a lot shorter than that. So, you know, we've, we've talked about Dave Haxtell with Seattle as a Jack Adams guy. And it's very likely that Lindy Ruff ends up winning this award or, and if it's not him, maybe Jim Montgomery, but of the long shots out there, bonus is definitely worth consideration right now. Yeah, I like it. And um, I know we've covered a lot of them, but as we always say, the odds in this market are really funky. There's a lot of guys that I just don't think are realistic candidates to win this award. If you're from a team that was expected to get 110 points, you get 110 points. Like say the Leafs, Tampa, you're not really in contention. No one's ever like those guys don't draw votes, which is why we keep coming back to this market. But it makes sense because you can hold that many tickets when they're 30 to 1, 40 to 1. So yep. yeah, I like thinking there. I agree they could could steal the central. For this game, I think it's been kind of sneaky that Vegas have started to really not play well. I know they haven't had Eichel and Petrangelo, but it's now actually been a couple of weeks of really, really modest results. I thought their game versus Philly, they kind of stole which it's Philly or maybe not to go. Maybe I was getting a little curve to say, but you know what I mean? They didn't dominate Philadelphia yep. by any means, which was not impressive. And then I was not even remotely surprised to see that they lost Sunday. I was on the Bruins. I thought they would bounce back and get the win on them in that contest. And the Petrangelo absence is massive. The de- uh, defensively they've fared significantly worse since he's out. It's a rough situation and it sounds like he's going to be out long-term. So I think now is not a good time to get involved with kind of anything Vegas it seems like they really have started to regress heavily from when they were clearly one of the top teams in the league without debate the Philadelphia Flyers are plus 185 in Colorado Avs minus 215 the over under six the Avalanche are starting to get some bodies back and they've looked fine you know they beat the Blues they thought they were a little unlucky not to beat the Rangers last week as well nothing here don't think the number's nearly high enough to get involved with Philadelphia but what one number that is high enough, and this is something we liked preseason, and it looked pretty bad because the Flyers got off to a great start, was Philadelphia is now 20-1. to 1, uh, I believe that's at Caesars to finish with the worst record in the NHL. They're eight points ahead of Anaheim. There's you know a handful of teams in between them and Anaheim. But the difference between the Flyers and a lot of the teams they'll be competing with in this market is like the team like the Ducks, right? They have like these young players who are growing in, going to be growing into a season, whereas the, the Flyers are, you know, still skewed pretty heavily towards veterans. They don't have like that young nucleus they're trying to build around. A Carter Hart's injury history, of course, comes into play. His form issues like throughout the season, throughout a long-term season also do. And 20 to one, like they're, they're going to be selling at the deadline. Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, connect, even guys like Connect Me, JVR's expiring contract. This team doesn't have kind of the makeup of a team that you think would try hard, even though they're coached by John Tortorella, that will, you know, give you a hundred percent honest effort, you know, from games fifty-five through eighty-two every night if they're twenty-five points out of the playoff picture, which is how they're heading. So twenty to one on the Flyers to finish in the basement of the NHL, I think is is worth a little sprinkle right now. 
Yeah, and playing out of the East is taxing too. That could make it tough. And for a lot of the narratives you said, that's why I still like Chicago. I think 20 to 1 is too long for the Flyers, and that's a good price as well. Hopefully teams like Arizona remain a little, little scrappier with some young guys kind of pushing the pace, heading heading down the wire. We know Philly are one of the worst teams in the league. So, yeah, I definitely think that's a reasonable shot. We'll talk about our beloved Arizona Coyotes. What did we say? Yotes at home. They delivered uh, against the Bruins on Friday night. And after we talk about this, we'll give out our two favorite bets for Tuesday, December the 13th. The Coyotes are plus 140 in the Shark Tank. San Jose is minus 165. The over-under is six and a half. I know that the Sharks have generally been all right relative to like where they are and where they were expected to be, but they should have. I don't think they should be minus 165 against anybody, even the Arizona Coyotes, who have won two games in a row against the Bruins and Flyers. Carol Vomelka will give them a chance. I think Arizona's worth a bet. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think I'm going to end up in on this one. I'm a little torn. I could see myself getting there on Arizona if people moved it towards San Jose. But I like that you caught the Coyotes on Friday. That's a big one. And it was close. It was close. Yeah, they only only got outshot by 35. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, I was watching that very casually. And I definitely thought that was icing at the end. I had like, okay. I remember I had like looked up from the TV for a second. I was like, oh yeah, okay. And then I look in the pucks in the net and I was like, oh, sure. So yeah. anyways, they are competing. That was yeah. in the headline with Philly as well. I was on the Flyers. So anyways, Arizona showed me they're scrapping. Yeah, they, they showed you all right. Never doubt them, ever. The, uh, yeah, the Arizona Coyotes, it's just a play. It, like when you see San Jose Sharks minus 165 and it's just, it's hard to to stomach that. And like you said, it could even get bigger. Vamelka, uh, kind of like I was talking about with the Blue Jackets before, how the Blue Jackets are can be start to be a pretty dangerous big underdog because they can score with you. The Coyotes are more of like that traditional underdog that we look for in hockey where it's like, can your goalie stand on his head for 55 minutes and you guys can get a couple bounces and, and you can just see it out? Like they're still in that mode, which, you know, against a team like San Jose or even, you know, Boston, like I said, like there are just some nights where the Bruins just aren't going to have their shooting mitts on, right? And that was one of them. And the Sharks aren't really going to light it up with the best of them. So I like Arizona's plus 140 to close it out before we talk about our top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Tuesday, December the 13th. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. We'll start with you because you're going... We're actually on opposite sides on this game a little bit, but your beloved Capitals. I love my beloved Capitals right now. It's great because I've seen so many people fade them over the last five games, and they have completely turned it around so heavily. They had that game of the year versus Edmonton, which we talked about, and then they followed it up. They beat the Flyers 4-1 in what was maybe the closest game of them all, I thought. They took a very deserving win over the Kraken, and then they went into Winnipeg and played another amazing game. I thought they deserved that by a mile and were far better. Over the last 10 games, the Caps have played to a 55.6 expected goals share. They've had 58% of the high danger chances. They're just, they're clearly in unison again. And it looks so much more like what we're used to seeing where the five men attack in the zone. It looks so pretty. They're just attacking in a number of different ways. It's, and it's, it's what I love is it's not coming from this top stars driving play. It's a team wide. Everyone's involved. There's a lot of guys moving the needle and it just looks really sharp at both ends of the ice. I've loved the efforts. I think they're just completely undervalued right now. 
no one is respecting them, but I think they're, they're just better than people think right now. I'm so pumped every night that I watch them, like the last couple, it's been like 10 minutes in the game and I'm like, oh, I think they're going to win this. So we'll see. Hopefully they'll keep it going. I've been loving riding them during this stretch and I think it's a good spot for to continue. So you're going to be on the Capitals in regulation. I'm probably going to be on the Blackhawks and it's basically for a lot of the things you just said, which is, I think the people are just going to start betting the Capitals a lot. Like the market's going to come in on them, especially in a game against Chicago. This number right now is plus 155. That's not high enough for me, but I mean, it's going to get bigger than this. It's going to, it's going to get a lot bigger than this. So it could just be a sell high spot. We'll see where it goes, but it'll be Hawks or nothing uh, for me. But I think that what your point is well taken with the Capitals that, you know, this is a team we thought was going to show up from the beginning of the season. And, one thing that's helped keep their price down for during the stretch was people were sour on Washington first few weeks of the season. They were all patting themselves on the back for that take. And now all of a sudden they're, they're turning it around. And so it takes a lot of convincing when the market's already down on a team. And then they, they reward that in the beginning. It takes a lot of convincing for the people to kind of soften their stance. So it is starting to look that way for the caps who are trending in the right direction. My favorite yeah, bet. The- nope. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to jump in before I moved up that. Like another note is people love trends in hockey. People love Winnipeg eight and one at home, whatever it is, something like that. But the, all those go out the window when a team has completely transitioned their game. You know what I mean? Like the caps aren't playing like they were earlier in the year. Their road stats don't matter. They have guys back like Orlov who quietly right. makes a huge difference. Oshi, they're eight, two and one, I think with Oshi in now, like there's things happening that have, change the script on what the capitals were which is where it's like if you're going to use historical trends that's where they get really dicey because it's like you're not considering the factors that have changed since you started using them so yeah i personally i love where they're at i really hope they don't blow this game because it, from a fan perspective they need the points they can't pass up on two points in chicago yeah the metro is getting crazy penguins eight one and one in the last 10 the rangers won three in a row there's a caps four in a row the Islanders have stumbled, but they're still you know, in the mix. The Hurricanes 5-0-2 in the last seven. It's slobber knocker. My favorite bet, I like the Edmonton Oilers. They're minus 120 on the road in Nashville. The Predators, even money, over under six and a half. Nashville's dealing with some injuries. They are generally not tilting the ice in the right direction still. And the Oilers are playing better. They're just, you know, they're six and four in the last 10, but the expected goals numbers, the five on five numbers are starting to look better. They're dealing with some injuries up front, but guys are coming back. They just... Edmonton's starting to trend in the right direction. Uh, it's a pretty short price. So I don't mind laying a little bit of juice with Edmonton on the road here in a battle of two teams that we bet against a lot to this point in the season. Yeah, I like the others here. I still for sure value them well past the Preds. They're both in a back-to-back spot. I could care less that it's on the road. And the guys that matter for the Oilers are playing realistically. Yep. Like, I know we talked about how they were short, whatever, Pooley, RV, a couple wingers who don't really I Hyman's great I'm not trying to couple him in the injuries that matter and I know Hyman's back now but yeah they're playing with all the guys that move the needle and they're still they're way better in the Predators coming from an Oilers hater like I think minus 120 is a, a really great price to back just some of the best talents in the world versus a, a very modest team yeah I mean I, I would play this even a little higher you know minus 130 is fine on Edmonton uh, all right, so our underdogs, the Islanders and the Sabres, our favorite bets, caps and regulations against the Blackhawks and the Edmonton Oilers on the money line against Nashville. For Nick Martin, 
I'm Michael Eboff. This has been another episode of Line Change. We wish you all the best with all your NHL bets on Tuesday, December 13th.